Welcome back to That's the Tea. I'm RJ. And I'm Ryan. And we're here bringing you football news in the most digestible way possible. Today, Ryan, today, we are recapping week two of the NFL season. And unfortunately, there are a lot of injuries leading up to week two and then after week two. Some are not. I don't think some are as bad as others, but some are pretty bad. Some or are just lingering, like bad in sense of like it just doesn't go away. And so, and so, um, there was there was a tweet, um, that was posted like a couple of days ago, and it was asking whether or not it's better, not like better, but like, would you rather have a player just have their season-ending injury or just have an injury that's lingering throughout the year? From a fantasy perspective? Yeah. Oh, man. Maybe uh, I say lingering. Okay. Okay. I, I, I would go lingering because when he's lingering, you still have some value in that player. If he's gone, it, it, it like, sure, you can have a good night's sleep now because you don't have to think about who you're going to start, but you actually just lost value. No one, you can't trade him away anymore. No one so, wants a, uh, I don't want to say dead. I was going to say dead, but no one wants to say, or no one wants a guy who can't play. Very fair argument. So we're actually going to lead into this episode with an injury recap of week two. And one of them, I'm actually just going to jump ahead because of this conversation. It's Josh Jacobs, who has a lingering injury, both what is it, a toe and an ankle injury. And he's very questionable for week three. My point is, is that I'm not saying that, oh, I wish Josh Jacobs tore his ACL because I don't. You don't <laughs> wish upon injuries for anyone, right? But I'm not starting Josh Jacobs this week. Are you starting Josh Jacobs this week? You yeah. It's tough because the thing is, I think Josh Jacobs, he wants to play. And you, uh, I don't know if you watched the Monday night game against the mm-hmm. Ravens. He played a lot. Like he played and then he would limp back to the sidelines. Mm-hmm, and then he mm-hmm. would run back out, get you a touchdown, and then limp back to the sidelines. So I yeah. feel like as long as he's on the field, as long as he's suiting up, you can start him. Okay. The guy's tough. So I, I think it's the, the doctors or the coaches are saying or telling him that he can't play. But isn't that concerning to some extent? And, all, and also, <laughs> so fair enough. You can't put him on, on your IR spot because he got the cue next to him. True, true, true. He he does have the cue, but he got he got the O last week, right? Because he was ruled out. Yeah, he got the O early, but now he got the cue. Now he got the cue, but you but you got to look at it with the what is it the 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 cup half full perspective. Okay. With the cue, there's chance to play. So sure, he wastes he wastes quote unquote waste a roster spot, but now he has a chance. It's not an O. I can see but, that. Okay. But I see the frustration though. Because the thing is, you're you're kind of waiting till Sunday, wondering if you can start this guy or not. And if you don't start him, who are you going to start? Right. Exactly. So, again, it's like this. It's like, again, you're not wishing for a big injury, but it's also like it's making fantasy managers frustrated. Because if he was out for an extended period of time, you know, start Kenyon Drake, you know, start Peyton Barber. But now I don't think you could start any, like any of them. I see. So. I assume you come from the perspective that you would prefer the guy to just, you know, like just get the O for the whole season or like the IR. Mm-hmm. Got it. Like Jarvis Landry. Oh yeah. Yeah. Place him on IR. I see. Place I, I on, see. 
But I also forgot that IR is only three weeks this 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 season. So it's not that bad getting the IR anymore. Exactly. I I actually like, like that rule a lot, and I hope they keep it moving forward. From a fantasy perspective or in-game? I guess both. I see. I see. Oh, because in real life, that team can sign an extra player, right? Is that how exactly. it works? Exactly. Yeah, I see. I wonder if they're going to keep it after, like, you know, COVID or whatever. Right. Yeah, th- there's, like, a lot of stuff that uh, I don't know if they're going to keep or not. Because I don't even know if the NFL thinks we're still in COVID or not. Beats me. But it'll be interesting to see moving forward. All right. But Do yeah. I go with the next injury or you, you, you keep going? Um, Go with your injury. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I got Odell Beckham Jr. He is, again, a game-time decision uh, per their offensive coordinator this week. Although he was a full participant today mm-hmm. at practice, which is Thursday. So I think... I don't know. From a fantasy perspective, I think you just got to roll the dice and pray that Donovan Peoples-Jones would step up if OBJ doesn't suit up. Because we just mentioned IR. Guess who's on IR? Jarvis. Mm -hmm. We just mentioned it. Yeah, so it's kind of like, do you think Peoples-Jones is going to get all the targets? No. You don't think so? No, it's, it's because of how Cleveland just plays. Like They don't pass the ball. They run first when they have two. So Nick Chubb will turn into like Derrick Henry, then. Yes, Nick Chubb, and they have Kareem Hunt. Very true. Which is totally fine. And they like their tight ends for some reason. Austin Hooper's not bad. Austin Hooper had five targets. I think they have another one, like Harrison Bryant, five targets, five or four mm-hmm. targets. Bryant, they Bryant, don't yeah. target number their 88. receivers at all. So I see I that. Okay. I don't know. I want, like, Donovan Peoples Jones, like, there was hype around him, but I just don't think. He's like worth a waiver pickup, even. I think he's worth a shot because at this point, I don't know what's up with Odell Beckham. Because I, I have him on my team. I'm sure you know, but it's like, I thought this guy was going to suit up week one. I think we all thought he was going to suit up mm-hmm. week one. And then week two comes around. No, week three comes around. We'll see. It's like, when are we going to get uh, some action? Yes. Yeah, so, so the problem with that. And I think this is this was like overlooked by a lot of people because they heard that Saquon's coming back and they just assumed that OBJ would come back too. Mm-hmm. The difference is that Saquon went through like contacted practice and OBJ never did. Yeah, I think he did his first like full practice, like like no restrictions on the man, like just this week. Exactly. So like that that was the part that a lot of people were missing. I I can see that. I can see that. But. Maybe OBJ can can step up, but we can only I it's a wait and see for me. I don't start OBJ in any league until I see how he plays. I see that. But yeah, uh, I, I just feel like as a person who drafted OBJ, I'm a little salty, just a little bit, because it's like I, I thought I would get more value out of him, but at this point, like you said, we don't know how long it's gonna take him to heat up. And for him mm-hmm. to warm up once he starts playing. So it's kind of like, am I only going to get like three quarters of a season out of this guy now? Or like, what's, what's the move here? I, I just want some answers. Yeah, I, I, get, where, I get where you're coming from. Because at that point, you, you pretty much drafted like a Michael Thomas. Exactly. But if you are like an OBJ or like a Rashad Bateman. Exactly. But the thing, the difference was the guy I drafted 
okay, sorry, I sound like a hypocrite now, but he doesn't have the IR thing next to him. So I, I was ready to play him. I, I, I didn't draft him with the intention of leaving him on my bench. Right, right. Exactly, yeah. All right, take us so, away with the next injury. Yeah, I'll, I'll, hit, I'll hit you with back-to-back just because I have yeah. a couple. The first one is the 49ers running back room, and it, it, was, it was brutal after week two, after we played Philly. I will, I will read it to you right now. Jamichael Hasty has a high ankle sprain. He's already ruled out. Yeah. Trey Sermon's going through the concussion protocol. Elijah Mitchell, who's probably been the one who's been practicing and could start, is shoulder day to day. Trey Sermon is supposed to clear the concussion protocol tomorrow, but who knows, <laughs> dude? The guy got need. I think he got elbowed, and then his head hit the ground on the same play, and then he fumbled. It, he went through a lot, so you can't blame him for the fumble. You know, he, he, he had three hits to him. Yes, exactly. Now. 49ers are like scrambling right now. And we talked about this, Ryan, because I think I showed you the screenshot of who yeah. they're bringing to work out. TJ Yeldon, Duke Johnson, Lamar Miller, on Johnson's on their practice squad. And I think they also signed, I totally forgot he was in this league, Chris Thompson to the practice squad. The receiving so back from Did you guys sign any of the people you worked out yet? No. It might have okay. been Chris Thompson, but I'm not quite sure. I need to double check. But that's fine because he's a practice squad. Man, see now it makes it. It's like the people who got Elijah Mitchell, they're, they're they're pretty happy now. But I don't know how long they can be happy for if the Niners are already searching elsewhere. That's my whole point, right? Like, if Elijah Mitchell was the guy, and this is, I don't want to say it's the same thing with Tyson Williams, but it's like he's the starter, but he's not going to have the clear bell cow role that you want. Uh, it's like one of those things where, like, he starts the game. Yes, exactly. But then he doesn't – he may not end the game. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, um, you know, now that we brought up Tyson Williams, like, that's what happened, I think, either, like, last week or the week before when they were bringing in Latavius Murray. Because the guy can't – he can't um, pass protect. Tyson Williams? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His fantasy points, though, are not that affected with Latavius Murray coming in either. You're still getting at least double-digit points every week. So, I mean, if the hope is the same for Elijah Mitchell, no matter who they sign, because I don't want to say TJ Yeldon and stuff are washed up or anything, but we just haven't heard their names in a while. Correct. Latavius Murray was a name that, you know, still very relevant. He plays on the Saints, or he played on the Saints last year. These names Mm -hmm. coming in, well, yeah, we don't know. But Elijah Mitchell is a rookie. Tyson Williams was in a different situation. You know, he was already on the team, so he knows a little more. Exactly. Um, so in terms of fantasy football, don't don't run to your waivers and pick up Jamichael Hasty. He's probably going to be out. If you have Elijah Mitchell, you're starting him. And if you have Trey Sermon, hold. I hold, hold is a safe route, but I would start if he's a go. You know, if he really is just Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon, I think so. Yeah, because if, if he clears the concussion protocol and he gets to play, why not? We just we basically just said it was going to be split carries. True. Yeah. And Kyle Shanahan, everyone everyone feasts if you're a running back. Everyone feasts. So, and then talking about running backs, want to move on to Daryl Henderson. 
Yeah. Apparently he hurt his ribs. Oh yeah. What's up? Oh, I said, just take it away with a couple names. Oh yeah. Daryl Henderson hurt his ribs during Sunday's game. We'll receive an update on Friday, but I think he's optimistic to play. So that's good for that. Amari Cooper also has bruised ribs. Everyone's hurting their ribs this week, which was kind of crazy. It was Daryl Henderson, Amari Cooper, and Tua. Oh, and Tua. Yeah, yeah. He like actually like he got like a fractured rib. He he's gone. Yeah, it's it's not just bruised or anything. It's like crack. Like it it snapped exactly. (laughs) So I think Amari Cooper is set to play Sunday, but he is going to be questionable throughout the week. You know, I heard. Oh yeah, what's up? You know the rib injury? I read on it because, like, like you said, a lot of people were out with the rib injury or has a, a, a rib injury. It hurts to breathe when you have a rib injury, apparently, because when you breathe, like, contracts and stuff. So then, if mm-hmm. it's bruised or it's like cracked, like, you can't can't breathe comfortably, even if you're I sitting. Think, uh-huh. I think that's what happened to Tua. Like, like literally, what happened to Tua because it looked really bad. It's like, oh man, it's a hip. But I think yeah, the yeah, reason yeah. why he was like bent like that was so he can breathe. Yeah, and because you're like, I think in the moment you're kind of gassed too, so you're like mm-hmm. trying to get air in, but then you can't, you know, can't like fully, fully inhale. Got it, got it, got it. That's crazy. Yeah, you know who also couldn't breathe? Tyron oh, Taylor last year when he got that shot for his rib and they missed. Oh, they oh yeah, yeah. That you know. That was last year, so we can't talk about it too much now, but come on, man. <laughs> like, what kind of doctor are you hiring? At this That's point, so I bad. think I might be doing a better job because I'd be too scared to shove the needle in too far. This guy right. was all willy-nilly with it. <laughs> God. But, again, good segue because Tyrod Taylor is next up on the list. Hamstring injury likely out three to four weeks, so he was on – I think he's placed on IR, so it was – Davis Mills, who is going to start Thursday night. We're recording this after the Thursday night game, but you'll get that analysis next week. But he didn't look too bad. Um, and then I'm just going to finish off the rest of my list. LaVisca Chenault injured his shoulder, but he's fine because he's already practicing in full as of today, which is Thursday. And Will Fuller is expected to make his Dolphins debut in week three after missing week two with his personal issue and missing week one from his suspension from last year. Wow. The Raiders get a big taste of Will Fuller. Very excited. <laughs> Scary, you know? All I right, Mike. Raiders go 3 0, but we'll talk thank about you, that later. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I, I got two injuries, and then we can move on to their takeaways for fantasy. So, Lamar Jackson, he has a stomach bug, quote unquote, stomach bug. But I don't know what that is. I never heard my doctor say stomach bug before. But Yahoo Fantasy, you know what they said? It was noted that he stayed at the COVID hotel during the summer and he did not get the vaccine. So uh, let's hope the stomach bug is just a stomach bug and that he'll be okay. You know, he already got COVID, right? Like, twi- like I don't know if it was twice, but he got it like preseason yeah. week one or two. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, it's kind of like, you know how like you get it, right? And then you have antibodies for it. Apparently mm-hmm. the NFL is like, no, you, you get it. You have to, <laughs> you can't play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of like even if he if this was COVID, like part two or three for him, I don't know what how many times he had it. He's gonna be out this 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 uh this Sunday, and then we're gonna get the other quarterback that basically is like a clone of Lamar Jackson on the field. Yeah, um, it's crazy though because not crazy, but depending on if you have the vaccine or not, 
like he could have played this week because you know Antonio Brown was on the the COVID list and he's eligible to play Sunday if he just tests back to back negatives and within oh really hours. yeah if you have the COVID vaccine you could come back the, in a week oh shoot like I, I never knew yeah. that yeah so like oh. Lamar Jackson like if he was a close contact or if he did contract COVID he would have to sit like two weeks yeah yeah because he I think he's unvaccinated yeah oh that's why that's why teams are uh, I see, but but I, I guess Lamar Jackson's Lamar Jackson, so he gets the luxury of you know deciding what he wants to do because he carries this team. His I mean, back is hurting. Des- he did decide against Kansas City, and you know maybe he does make good decisions. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, my last injury, Deontay Johnson. I think this is a quite a big one because a lot of people drafted Deontay Johnson. Uh, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say early, early, but you know. Like not late in the draft, at least. But I think it's just my God. Like this one, I don't know what Mike Tomlin's thinking, letting him play in the last play of the game in an unwinnable game. I think RJ texted me right after that happened and was like, "Why? Why did they give it to Deontay Johnson for him just run across the field and then you know potentially tear his ACL?" And the whole everyone was like over the game, shaking hands, and poor Deontay Johnson was still on the ground, yeah. and no one cared. No one did. They were celebrating around him. You know, the trainers are yeah. running out for him and he looked in pain. But yeah, yeah, you you actually bring up a really good quote, though, because Mike Tomlin did say. Deontay Johnson is looking better, oh, yes, yes, but don't get it confused with great. Exactly. So it's like I, I, I can't trust this man. You don't. He, Mike Tomlin literally said, like, he's getting better, but he's not 100 percent. Yeah. Fire it's up like Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, fire up Juju. But I mean, Mike Tomlin. I don't know. He he's the culprit of this. This is the reason why he has to make that quote. I don't like. Why can't you just take the knee? The game's over. No one's gonna say that you threw in the towel. I mean, I don't think anyone thought it was a winnable game. Even next gen stats probably thought you had a negative percentage to win. Right. I feel like I feel like you, you let your team down when you gave up with the field goal or, or the touchdown to put them up nine. Like that's that was the dagger. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't the last play. That was probably the dagger with the salt already, too. It was done already. <laughs> there was nothing left. But yeah, that, that's all I had for the for for, for fantasy wise. So it's kind of like, yeah, fire up Juju, maybe because Chase Claypool doesn't look that great this season. Just saying. Too many mouths to feed. Too many mouths to feed. And I think when he when he does get the target, he hasn't been capitalizing against it or on it. Mm, that, Especially that in the Raiders true. game. They did target him, but you know, he got outplayed, man. Would you want me to start with the takeaway or you want to start the takeaway? Oh, yeah. So we will be transitioning to our three takeaways of week two. Ryan, since I started week one, go for it with starting week two. <sighs> I'm excited because I think this is very relevant. So three letters. I like this is exactly how you preview things, you know, CEH. I, you know, a lot of people are, are still high on CEH or were high on CEH. People took this guy in the second round, but let me just look at some stats for you. I mean, he carried the ball 13 times and 14 times each in the past uh, two games. Under 50 yards rushing, uh, no TDs, and in week two, just zero targets and everything. So do we? is it time to fade CEH? 
I know, I think you, you faded him already. Uh, I, I saw you uh, trade him away, but it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. what, what's going on here? So why are people buying into CEH? So, cause okay. you're selling. I'm selling. So here's the thing with CEH <clears throat> coming into last year, people were like, okay, he's literally going to fill in as like the Kareem Hunt role. He'll run the ball. He can catch the ball. He fits the scheme. Yes. He does okay. Le'Veon Bell signs. And then what? They split the carries. They split the work. And CEH is still an RB2. They get rid of Le'Veon Bell. And now people are like, okay, this is CEH's job. So people drafted him as a low-end RB1, high-end RB2. That's where I drafted him. And you just, you see the production and you see, you see the usage. It was like, what, 12, 13 target, 13 um, carries? Rushes. Yeah, yeah. Both games. But the problem is that, like, I don't want to say he's not explosive because he gets five to six yards every time he gets the ball. Excuse me. But the problem is that, I mean, getting those six yards doesn't matter if you're on your own 30. I, I feel you. I feel you. But so do you think this is more of a problem where we can analyze it as like a fantasy perspective, not just CEH? If you're drafting a running back on an offense that likes to pass the ball, just don't do it. Because it looks like they are using CEH, but it's just like 13 carries, 14 carries. Not bad at all. And you're saying like, you know, he's not he's not explosive or whatever. But it's also because I think this offense doesn't like to run the ball. I feel like they only run the ball because they have to keep the defense honest. Very true. Very. I, I like that analysis too, because I was, I was going through the list of teams. I like to throw the ball. And the second one that came up was Tampa Bay. And mm-hmm. you look at their running backs. They're not too spectacular. Not spectacular. Good, good for in-game usage, but fantasy wise, it's too risky. Exactly. So I, I'm going to have to agree with you on that. I think the, see, cause if you like, if they like to pass the ball, that's good because they're going to score points. They're going to move downfield. The problem is that CEH is not being used in the red zone correctly. They yeah. literally throw the ball to their left tackle. I think it's tough because the thing is, CEH is a small guy. Mm-hmm. So at five seven, you would. I think if you're running at the one with a five seven guy, you're hoping he slips in between the tackles. Mm-hmm. He, he. I don't think he's going to like be a bruiser or anything and power his way through. I mean, he, I, I could very well be wrong because I'm sure he's strong, but I mean, he's not a big guy. Bring up a good point. And that's why I traded him away. All right. I don't know. I just didn't see upside. Try to sell high on CEH when you still can, or as high as you can. Yes, sir. I think now is a good time. Actually, maybe after the Chargers game, because I think he'll have a bounce back game, but I'm not in. I'm, I really want out of CEH now before it's too late. Because if he if he poops the bed this week, oh, it's over. You you can't trade him for anything. Yeah, he, he's gone. Matchup. Yeah, you drop him. The guy who picks him up will just leave him on his bench. Like they right. won't even start CEH. You just you you just lose him to another. Like someone else will pick him up. Exactly. My I think you start him this week if you if you own CEH. But this is like your last week you start him. Like you 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 set it and forget it. After this week, you either deal him or he's on your bench till he proves that he can actually be usable. If you start him this week with confidence or to show confidence, 
that he can he he's still a good running back he'll get you the game against the chargers hopefully and then you can trade him away because if you sit him on your bench now and he gets a good game and you trade him away it's a little sus it's a little so you have to start him yeah (laughs) right exactly so yeah moving on to my first takeaway takeaway number one the panthers are legit I don't hate it at all. You don't hate it at all. I don't exactly. hate it. And so I have a couple of players I want to talk about. The first one was Christian McCaffrey. He led the league with 324 scrimmage yards, 154 receiving yards, 170 rushing yards. Now, because this is coming out after week three, so I think it's fine if we talk about CMC just a little bit. Just a little, yeah. So I may have made a mistake with at 6 16 p.m adam Schefter tweeted panthers officially have ruled out running back christian mccaffrey for the remainder of tonight due to a hamstring injury now the problem is that some some person decided to tweet something at (laughs) 552 p.m saying it's a shame we don't have cmc on for more primetime games. <laughs> you know who that was? Who? It's me. Ah, so you jinxed it. This is this is this is. So we found the reason why you have bad fantasy luck, and it's just all fingers just pointing back to you. Always. You can't you can't blame anyone but yourself. I can't have nice things when I play fantasy football. Yeah, you know, with CMC, I saw a quote like. Not a quote, but a tweet from the Athletic, because I I don't subscribe to the Athletic, so I can't read their articles without paying, you know. But Twitter is free, you know. They said Sam Darnold described Christian McCaffrey as sad when they spoke in the locker room, and he he's basically saying he hopes that Christian he 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 expects Christian McCaffrey to be back this season. I'm just like back, like he he was gone to begin with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. No one knows the real severity of this injury. I think he's down, but okay. If, if we're going to like dive in really quick. So I did, I did some digging because when I heard hamstring injury, the first player I remembered coincidentally happened in week three and I drafted him okay. was Austin Eckler. Ah, yes. He tore his hamstring. But that, that's a tear though, right? exactly so that was a tear it was there's like different grades to it mm-hmm. i think he had a grade two and yeah. he couldn't walk off the field he needed help yeah yeah so that's a difference between what i saw today with christian mccaffrey and what i saw with austin eckler last year because i rewatched the video and so he did need help he couldn't put any any pressure on it so that looked yeah. really bad cmc was able to walk off his own power he was able to walk into the locker room he wasn't in a lot of pain question mm-hmm. mark but being able to walk off under your own power is a good sign. I think he's at least going to be out two or three weeks and it's going to be IR eligible, but I don't think he's going to be out for like the whole season. Not bad at all. So he pa- it passes the eye test right now because he walked sure. off the field. But you know what's scary? You know Denzel Good on the Raiders? Mm-hmm. You know you know how he tore his ACL, right? Mm-hmm. You know he tore his ACL, came in the sideline, went back out there for a couple plays, and then came out, and then they yeah. figured out it was an ACL. So it's kind of like, I, I'm glad Christian McCaffrey passed the eye test, but I'm like, I guess people take pain differently. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So, it's, it's, so yeah, hopefully it's like less than a grade two 
whatever Austin Eckler had. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it is yeah. because Austin Eckler was out like six to eight weeks and that was mm-hmm. pretty bad. So yeah. we'll see. But going on with just the Panthers altogether, Sam Darnold looks like a legit quarterback. DJ Moore looks like the wide receiver one people hoped he would be. Because they're the actually Carolina- looking mm-hmm. to DJ Moore and throwing to DJ Moore this year. You know who they're forgetting though? Robbie Anderson. Yeah. It's really bad. I think he only has like five targets in three games. How do you feel if you're Robbie Anderson? You know, like Sam Darnold was your guy on the Jets. You you come here first and then he follows you and he's just like, nah, DJ Moore. It's DJ Moore, right? But I mean, it is what it is. And then the, the Carolina Panthers defense though looks really, really good. Yeah. They look better it, with Very Moore. surprising. I think we underestimated the Panthers. I don't know if you did. I know for sure I did. I underestimated mm-hmm. what, what this team was capable of because I didn't expect Sam Darnold to be this much on a mission to prove to people that he was not the issue and that the Jets were the issue. Got it. That's why he's showing up right now. Exactly. I mean, they're playing really well. They were 2-0 week two. Again, this is being recorded after week three. They're 3-0. They look like a real contender. But yeah. I agree. Yeah, that's all I have for the Panthers. Just wanted to just to hype them up. And if you have any Panthers players, I'm saying like like Dan Arnold, I'm saying like real players like DJ Moore <laughs> and CMC, you're, you're in good hands. You're just flaming people today. <laughs> all right. My takeaway too. I think, you know, I don't hate me for saying this name, but Derek Carr lit it up not once, but two weeks in a row. My question to you, MVP or not? Like, like, okay, okay. Actually, no, scratch that. This is a little too much. Top 12 QB or no? Top 12 Cause he's in scoring NFL or in fantasy? In fantasy. Because do you think he can produce these numbers again? Because I think right now what's carrying him is the amount of yards he's throwing each week. The touchdowns aren't crazy at all. The touchdowns, I think he threw for two touchdowns, like max. So it's kind of like um, it's all yards right now. He's leading the, the league in yards. He's basically, and I, I brought him up specifically, is because you can probably go on your waiver wire and pick him up. It, it, it's still an option for a lot of people in a lot of leagues. That's why I wanted to bring it up because there's a chance here. Yes. So you, you bring up a really good point. And you're asking if Derek Carr is going to be top 12. And the reason why I'm going to say no mm-hmm. is not because of Derek Carr's capabilities. I think he's a top 12 quarterback in the NFL. Okay. But I don't think he's a top 12 quarterback in, in fantasy. fantasy because of the return of Josh Jacobs and all that. Correct. It's because he has no rushing upside. Ah, I see. I see. So, so you're really on the dual threat quarterback train this year. Yes. And this kind of leads into my second takeaway. So we'll just combine it. Yeah. yeah. You know who's quarterback for right now? Mm-hmm. PPR. No. It doesn't even matter if it's PPR, but <laughs> no. it's Daniel Jones. I was going to, okay, we'll, we'll talk about him later. But you know that his rushing is what's getting him yeah. to be Dude, a top five quarterback. The guy is getting more yards than running backs. Exactly. It, it's insane. The, I'm telling you, he has wheels. And I, I, I think I preached this throughout the, since we started this podcast. I like Daniel Jones, man. Like he, this guy's the man. 
he can actually get it done. I think it's really just been the poor offensive line. Yeah, he runs so fast that he trips over his own legs. Yeah, Like, the, the guy is speedy, man, I'm telling you. And that's why I think he's exactly like Eli Manning. He is only, okay, I don't want to say he's only useful when he's young, but, like, we, we, we know. There, there comes a point in time when this guy is going to hit, like, 30 or 35. He's not as fast anymore, and he's going to regress severely. But as of right now, I think he's a perfect quarterback. He is like literally year two. He's like the in-between of year two and year three Josh Allen. He got the wheels. The accuracy yeah. isn't there yet. And the decision-making isn't there yet. Mm-hmm. But he's going to be a top 12 quarterback. I think Daniel Jones going to be a top 12 quarterback. In, in fantasy? Yes. This year? I, I can see that. I can see that. I mean, I don't, I don't want to go too much into this because I was going to talk about, about it later. But he did all this against Washington's defense last week. A defense we all thought that was like a top five defense. So Daniel Jones, my man. Your man, yeah. And Derek Carr transitions really well into my second takeaway because my second takeaway was swimming through the QB stream and streaming quarterbacks. Okay, okay. Derek Carr was on my list. Currently QB8, 24.1 points per game. Kirk Cousins is QB 10, 23.7 points per game. Teddy Bridgewater, I think, is QB 11. Jared Goff is QB 9. Jared Goff, I think people are going to underestimate and overlook him this year because the thing is, he's making TJ Hawkinson look good. Me and you are part of that fan club. We're part of that group. But Jared Goff, I think they're not asking him to throw deep down the field, which is what's making him look good right now. They're not asking much from him either. It's I, I see it as a Mac Jones situation. You see it as a Mac Jones situation? You, we're not yeah. asking you to make a ton of reads, you know, just, just, just check it down if nothing's there. Cause there are offenses built on a short passing game anyway. You're not wrong. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So I just want to bring up these quarterbacks because you know who they're outscoring? Who? Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, Ryan Tannehill, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert. Hard to believe. Justin Herbert? uh, I don't know about that one because this this year, he didn't regress, but the explosiveness, I feel, is just not there anymore. Or like that pizzazz we don't see the pizzazz on the field anymore you know why why it's because his team he doesn't need to anymore his defense is actually True. pretty good yeah his so defense he doesn't have to good. play from behind anymore damn that's like if patrick mahomes had a good defense exactly exactly <laughs> like i see I, I i see your point like Patrick Mahomes can throw to Tyreek Hill for 90 yards because he's down eight in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. Justin Herbert's down down one, and he's playing for the field goal. <laughs> exactly. They're not asking him to do much. Yeah, they're not. So, you know, speaking of Mahomes, quick sidetrack. Did you hear about his brother? No. Oh, you didn't hear about his brother? All right, mm-hmm. give me 15 seconds. Okay. A- after the game, apparently his brother got into a little alter- altercation with other people when he was with uh, – Patrick Mahomes' wife or girlfriend, because you know how they always hang out together, and he dumped water on like some Ravens fan. 
Oh no. Yeah. It was a mess. And people are asking Patrick Mahomes during the media conference today, like, Oh, how's your brother and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was interesting. All right. What's your third takeaway? My third takeaway. Okay. So I am going to read you some stats. <laughs> I, I love this game and I hate it so much because I never know who it is until you mentioned the name. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be really exciting. Because last week, my, ta- my last takeaway was Corderell Patterson. Okay. I talked him up and what happened. He blew up for he, 20 points. He blew and up, yes. He was on the waiver, the waiver wire. So. Yes. I'm going to read you some stats. I'm going to tell you, and then you can guess, and I'll tell you the player, okay? Okay. It's like, we're going to do this like four times. Seven receptions, 92 yards through two weeks. 90 receptions? Wait, no, say it again? Seven receptions, 92 yards. James White? Oh, AJ through- Brown. AJ Brown through two games. Oh, okay. Yeah. 10 receptions, 113 yards through two games. Can I get a wide receiver or a running back? They're all wide receivers. Oh, they're all wide receivers. Okay. 10 receptions, 113 yards. Is this Terry McLaurin? DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf. Yeah. See, now I just look a bad football fan. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. This, this is the buildup. Okay. So you, you brought up Terry McLaurin, so I'll give you that one. He had 15 receptions for 169 yards. Okay, okay. okay. This last player has 11 receptions for 182 yards. Who is he? 11 receptions for 182? Oh, D-Hop. Is it D-Hop? No. No? Who is it? It's his teammate, Rondale Moore. Oh, the guy with limited snaps. <laughs> So people are talking about his limited snaps, and that concerns me, yes. But those can always go up. Yeah, for sure. That's why I'm not concerned about Rondell Moore. It's not going to take, what, Cliff Kingsbury that long to realize that, you know, maybe you shouldn't give 40% of these of these snaps to A.J. Green or, you know, the ghost of A.J. Green. I see that. Like, Rondell Moore is a really good player. And I think people, he got overshadowed by, like, the Devonta Smiths, the... The other wide receivers, like the Jalen Waddles that came out of the first round, and Rondell Moore slipped, yes. But, I mean, like, he very much could have been taken where Kadarius Toney was. And I think that's what they thought that they got on the Giants when they drafted Kadarius Toney. They thought they got Rondell Moore, but they didn't. They didn't get They didn't get Rondell Moore. And I think it's – we talk about it in week two, but I think we already passed the Tuesday waiver deadline. I don't think it's possible to pick up Rondell Moore anymore in a lot of leagues. No, he's unless your league is like straight up inactive. Like this guy, this guy's gone already. You'd have to trade for him. And I think if you really want him, I say you trade from ASAP before his value just keeps rising. Correct. Yes. And uh, my last takeaway, my question here. So, you know, everyone drafted Ezekiel Elliott pretty dang early in the draft, but Tony Pollard got 13 rushes for 109 yards and a TD with receptions too in the past game. Zeke had 16 rushes, so only three more than him. If anything, this could look like a split backfield. He had one TD, but but with less receptions. So what is the outlook going forward for Zeke in your mind? It's fine. You're fine. You're not worried? No. All right. Verdict, keep Zeke, everybody. I think, I mean, if you want to sell him, you can, but I mean, like, He's still getting the usage. Um, I was listening to another podcast and 
Ezekiel Elliott is literally doing all the dirty work as a running back. And what I mean by that is that he has to stay in for pass protection like, yes. all the time. But he's still a very good runner. He still gets the snaps. He still gets the runs. Um, I think the only thing that changes is that you can view Tony Pollard as a potential flex option. He kind of creeps into that Kareem Hunt role as opposed to like being a, a handcuff like Chuba Hubbard for CMC. Tony Pollard is now like a Kareem Hunt. So if he is a Kareem Hunt, do you see that eating away into Zeke's fantasy value at all? Maybe just a tad, but not enough to worry you then? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Same thing like Nick Chubb. I see that. All right. Take us to the recap of the Charity Fantasy League. Yeah. So this will be the last thing that we will cover for this episode. And man, we took an L to, I think his name is... I don't even know, but he's the owner of the Balls in the Gutter podcast, and he's the owner of the Charity Fantasy League, so it was a bummer that we lost. We lost 137 to 115. Close game. It, it was close. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make ourselves feel a little better. To some point, we made some bad decisions, Ryan. One of them was we started Sammy Watkins over Marquise Brown. I take full responsibility for this one. I think I was the, I had the decision to choose either Brown or Watkins. I went with Watkins because I thought we had a safer floor. Marquise Brown blew up. I apologize for this one. It's okay, Ryan. All is forgiven because to be honest, at the end of the day, it did not matter. We would have lost anyways if we started Marquise Brown. It would have been closer. So we would have lost with more dignity and respect. Ah, yes. Very true. There's that. And then the second mistake we made was a, I, I'll own up to this one. I, I believed in Carlos Hyde. You know, I don't think you should take blame for this one. Is because there was no one else for us to believe in. We had no options. It was kind of like, who's left on the waiver wires? Or Ryan, on the waiver sc- wire. Yeah. You know how screwed we are next week? We're starting two handcuffs. We're starting Chuba Hubbard and AJ Dillon. <laughs> <laughs> okay you tuba hubbard is fine because the thing is cmc ir probably but aj dylan's the one that's gonna sting dude that one is gonna produce about three points i'm calling it three points on a good day i just hope on a good day the yeah. ball once he won't did you see aaron jones no, <laughs> yeah 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 you did see him he he basically was like hey aj aj dylan Sit back down on the bench. Yeah. You're 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 not getting any of my snaps. <laughs> he really did. Def- <laughs> he saw he saw he saw Jamal Williams and he's like, nah. <laughs> yeah, I had enough of him. <laughs> yeah, you you can't be him. <laughs> no, no. And then he follows it up four TDs into his face. Yeah, my he really God. You don't sit down, but yeah. Um, just to conclude this as well, the good decision we made was that we didn't spend all our money on Elijah Mitchell. You know, if we did spend all our money on Elijah Mitchell, we would have been safe for week three because he probably would have scored us. So we would have won week three, but, or we would have, but, you know, just not in the long run, but at least we would get a dub for week three and go two and one instead of one and two. <laughs> because we did just talk him up, just saying. That's all I had, Ryan. That's all I had to to everyone that has made it this far. Thank you for listening. And may the football gods bless your team with more wins this year. We'll catch you guys again next week when we run it back by recapping week three. And that's the T. And that's the T. Take care, y'all.